0: Okay, B'Shem Hashem seven Atziach. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We're doing Navi. Uh, we don't like to be critical of the yeshivas, but the uh, definitely Navi is extremely important to learn. In that we are uh, obligated. We're learning the. We're right now between Shavuot. Pesach and Shavuot in the days of the Omer, one of the 48 paths of wisdom is that a, a true Torah scholar needs to know all of Tanakh. And we wanted to start from the beginning. The beginning where it all be- begins, and the uh, best thing that we can do is start from Joshua. Now, since we are on Zoom, everybody can ask questions and we encourage that. We want to know, first of all, who Yahushua was. Yahushua, why did he become the leader? The answer is very interesting in that The grow brings it out. What is the first pasuk of the book of Joshua? It says, It was after that Moses, the servant of God, died. And God said to Moshe." God told Moshe's servant, My servant Moshe died, and you have to go conquest the land of Israel. You got to split and go to the other side of the Jordan River, which I want to give to the land of Israel. And the, the Grazal, in his Bira and Navi says that, it doesn't say that Joshua, Yahushua was the student of Moshe, rather it says what? That he was the servant, the assistant to Moshe. So it says, this is not random, the Gra Rabbi Leo from Vilna says. It says that from the first Pasuk in Navi wants to teach you this wonderful concept that if you allow me, I want to go into a little bit. And that is the concept of Gadol shimusha limuda. which is what? Is it greater to learn from the great greatest of Torah scholars, which is Moshe? Or is it greater to serve him and be with him Be in his proximity and do everything a child would do for a father. Assistant, be his personal assistant. And the Gemara in Brachot says that Gadol shimusha yoter milimuda. It is much, much greater to serve a Talmud Chacham than even to learn from him. And believe it or not, that's why this idea is recorded a second time in Nevi'im. It says, Elisha poured water on the hands of Elijah, Eliyahu the prophet. Now the question is, Elisha became did double the amount of miracles than um, Eli- Eliyahu was able to do. So why would it say that his ground, his his uh, glorious and crown achievement was that he poured water on the hands of Eliyahu? So the Gemara there says, Amar Rabbi Yohanan." I believe it's in Zayn. From here we see Gadol Shimusha Yoter Milimuda, and really, there's a midrash that says this something outstanding outrageous. The Midrash says black and white. There were people amongst the 70 elders that were wiser than Yahushua. They had a, which means they had a higher IQ. It could be Yahushua did not have a photographic memory or as high, wasn't as intelligent as them because that's just who he was. But on the contrary, since Yehoshua was the one that we know he didn't leave the feet of his Rebbe even for a second. When Moshe went up 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain of Sinai, what happened? Yehoshua was standing at the foot of the mountain for 40 days, he didn't even go back to the camp. So it says that ultimately Moshe, when he came down, Yehoshua didn't even know. We see this clearly black and white from the Torah, that Moshe, neither did Yehoshua know what was going on. He thought there was a war going on in the camp. Why? Why? Because he didn't want to it's a golden opportunity to learn from the best teacher in the world, Moshe Rabenu. So even though Yahushua did not have the highest IQ, he never wanted to leave the feet of his Rebbe, and therefore he always was there, and that's why he really deserved to become the next leader of the nation of Israel. Because he had the most practical experience. See, gentlemen and ladies that are out there listening to us, why is it greater to, for example, have a Shabbat meal with your Rebbe or a great Torah scholar than learn from him? Because actions speak greater than words. And if you look in the Gemara, Rabbi Akiva Eger actually means a fascinating thing. There's a Gemara in Ketubot that talks about why do we nullify and stop learning. We stop the yeshiva to go attend the kala, a wedding of a girl, or if there's a funeral going on and there's not enough people at the person's funeral, we give um, honor. So the Gemara says that what? Rabbi Tosfot brings over there in Ketubot Yud Zion from Rabbi Yitzchak Mikorbil, one of the Tosefot. It's coming to teach you a Halacha Because Rabbi Akiva had stop being with his Rebbe, Rebbe Yoshua, and they said, Rebbe Akiva, where are you? He said, I was attending a wedding. I was I was, uh, bearing people, I apologize. They said, on every step that you took, and you didn't come, be mishamish us. Be our personal assistant, it's like you lost a terrible, you did a terrible, terrible mistake. So, it comes out that even in Halacha sometimes we learn that it is okay to stop, cut off your learning and close the Bed Midrash to go to a mitzvah. That's only if you're learning Torah from your Rebbe. But if you're actually assisting him, you're being mishamish him, serving him, comes out a peladika, Pelledika, uh, Rav Matasiel Solomon talks about this, the Lakewood Mashkiach, if you want to look in page... 100 out of his book, The Tenth Gate of Wisdom, Mat Chaim, on the Kenyonim, he brings it down. Now, to make something crystal clear, the Chazonish says, and I want to tell you a personal story about here that happened with my Rebbe, and ha- uh, something that happened with the Rosh Hashiva of Neri the says something outstanding. Why is it greater? And this will explain to us why Yehoshua became the leader. Why was Yehoshua picked over everybody else even though there were people that could have been more intelligent than him? Because the Chazonish says, "Shalomet et mimasav yotar You learn more, it makes a much deeper connection when you see how your Rebbe acts in real life, than just learning theoretical lessons from him. And since Yahushua, and I like to say it like this, just like a doctor, a surgeon, needs to do residency, it's not enough that he theoretically learns how to do heart surgery, brain surgery, he has to be on top of other doctors that do it. A Rebbe is the doctor of the neshama, So therefore, the Chazonish is teaching us something very important, and that is that when one actually practically sees how the Rebbe, it's called the fifth Shulchan Aruch, it's it's all the white stuff that's written between the lines, how to practically be a leader, then Joshua had the most, most experience. His hand never left the hand of his master Moshe. That's why he deserves to be the next leader. And I just want to say that when the yeshiva near Yisrael was uh, looking for a new rosh yeshiva, they asked Rav Shach, and he had recommended the rosh yeshiva shlita Rav Feldman. And his reasoning was very compelling, because he said, Rabbi Feldman shlita the rosh yeshiva had a lot of shimush from Rav Shach and the stipler, And this comes out to be a very important source because we're learning Pirkei Avot. And the Torah needs a mother and a father to care for it, the oral Torah, to make sure that it doesn't get corrupted. And Moshe, we learn in Pirkei Avot, gave over The mandate and the responsibility to care for the oral Torah and keep it intact to Yahushua. And Yahushua obviously was the most deserving because he had the most practical experience sitting at the table and the side of Moshe. And personally, I could tell you, Elliot and Elijah, that it's a wonderful thing to be a good husband and help in the house. But one time, I went to my rebbe, Reb Svi, on Purim to give him Mishloach Manot, and I saw that he had invited the whole, his whole shear his whole class, to come eat the Purim festival with him, the Purim meal, and he was setting up the table himself. So just like they say, a picture says a thousand words, when you see that the rebbe is actually. Setting up the Purim table and putting the cups on the table, I was a little bit shocked because he was such an intellectual. He is such an intellectual person, Shlita. So, Yahushua had that great luxury and honor to see Moshe in action, not just theoretically teaching laws. And therefore, he is the most deserving uh, to be the replacement. I just wanted to say another idea here. When we learn Navi, if you want to look it up on the Safaria app, or hopefully you have Navi, please look this up. Both in passage one and in passage two. It doesn't refer to Moshe. It says, Moshe avdi met vata kum Hayarden haze. God tells Joshua, my servant Moshe passed away. Again, in the first passage of Navi. It says, it was after the death of Moses, the servant of God. The Rosh Hashiva of Weinberg would would learn from here that the highest level a person could get to in his life is to be totally devoted to God, like a servant is to his master. He has no personal motive. He has no um, personal agenda. And that brings me to a great Hasidic story. It says... One time there was a chassid, he went to his Rebbe, he had a terrible, terrible financial crisis, and he had like 10, 12 kids. So he, went, he the Rebbe said, in halel, if you have kavanah by Anna Hashem, all your problems are going to be solved. So the chassid went all the way back home, dozens upon dozens of miles, and he waited for Rosh Chodesh, he said with the most kavana, anna Hashem, yeshia anna, anna Hashem, atslichana. But the entire month his uh, fortunes did not improve. So again he went back to his Rebbe, he made the long trek. He said, Rebbe, 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 I said anna Hashem. The Rebbe said, No, you had to have kavana in anna Hashem, Ki'ani ni avdecha ben amasecha, amatecha, in ma'ashiv la Hashem. When you say, Hashem, I am your servant, the son of your maidservant, like David says, so we see the greatest of the great Jewish leaders, they had this unwavering commitment to be totally, 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 totally devoted to Hashem. That's the madrega of Ever Hashem. And if you learn in the most classical Jewish book of Musar, the Chovat Alevavot it talks about how important it is to get to this level of being totally devoted to God and His Torah. Now, talking about Yahushua, we know that unfortunately Yahushua, as great as he was and as wonderful as he was, the face of Moses is like the sun, And the face of Yahushua is like what? The moon. But make no mistake, if God chose Yahushua to be the leader of the Jews and to conquest and give us the holiest treasure, which is the land of Israel, which we can't do almost 30 to 40% of the Positive commandments of the Torah are impossible to do outside of Israel without the Holy Temple. And Joshua was the man, is because let's not forget, Joshua was a was very faithful servant of God. One of the things that makes Yahushua so great is that he did not cave into peer pressure. We know that the ten of the twelve spies. What did they want to do? They said evil gossip about Lashon Lashon Har, about the land of Israel, and that caused God to bring Tisha B'Av and the Jews to be wandering in the desert for 40 years. The Ramchal brings from the Arizal a tremendous thing, and I saw Rav Sadaqa Cohen also brings it. The Safarim HaKadoshim, the Kabbalistic books, bring something so heartwarming if the Jews had not sinned at the Chet of the Meraglim, guess who would have been Mashiach ben Yosef? Yehoshua ben Nun would have been Mashiach ben Yosef. What greater Mashiach ben Yosef than the prime student of Moshe? And that's the reason that Yaakov blessed Ephraim first. And that's why every Friday night and any time we bless our children, we say, Yesimcha Elohim ke Ephraim ke Menashe. Because Joshua came... Yahushua came from I'm from Ephraim, I put and Yah Ephraim was much greater Torah scholar. And Yahushua was because Yahushua was so great, this caused that God should want him to be the Mashiach Ben Yosef. And guess what his day of coronation would have been? And I guess learning N- Navi a uh, while now with my son, it could have worked out that Mashiach ben David is the king and his assistant like president, vice president Lahavdil. Mashiach ben David is like the king and Mashiach ben Yosef is the assistant, the Sagan, like the Sagan Koanim. And guess what his day of coronation would have been? His day of coronation would have been Shiva Asar Instead, that was the day that Moshe broke the luchos, and guess what? If the Jews, it could be because of the both sins—the sin of the golden calf and the sin of the and the sin of the evil gossip, meraglim—and Tisha would have been the. Who would have been the Mashiach ben David? None other than Moshe Rabbeinu's own brother-in-law. It would have been who? Kalev ben Yefune. And actually there's a Midrash that says Yehoshua and Kalev were on the same high spiritual level. And guess what his day of coronation would have been? Tishabav This is why later when Mashiach comes, Shivasar Betamos will become a holiday. It will become an auspicious and holy day. Because it's going to be the day that Mashiach ben Yosef becomes our king and our Messiah. And the day of Tisha B'Av, like it says, Mashiach is born on Tisha B'Av. That's why we don't say Tachanunim and confess our sins. Because that's going to be the day of the coronation. Where our king Mashiach is crowned on the day of Tisha B'Av. Now... The Midrash brings a beautiful idea here about Yahushua and Moshe. And that is is that um, God was so, so merciful and I believe, I want to put in my two cents here, even Moshe already when he was alive in the Parsha and Bamidbar in the fourth book of the Torah, he says, who's going to be my replacement? And God tells him, Yahushua is going to be your replacement. And even be- before Moshe passed away, they saw that Moshe gave him smicha, put his hands on him, and actually, the last day of Moshe li- Moshe's life, Yehoshua is already acting as as the king, as the leader. And this was a, the midrash says this is a wonderful mercy by God that the Jews shouldn't be like sheep without a shepherd. And I want to put in my own two cents. It could be that the last time Mos- Moshe left and they didn't have a strong leader in place, it led to the eagle, the greatest of all sins of the golden calf. So this way, God was ensuring a continuity of power. God in His great mercy, when Moshe was still yet alive, Yahushua was in charge. And there's a Midrash that says, it was hard for Moshe to relinquish his power, but at the end of the day, The Midrash again goes ahead and explains the greatness of Yahushua. Yahushua was tremendously humble, like his mentor and predecessor Moshe. And it says that he actually, whenever Moshe used to give a class for 40 years, believe me, the Jews were not playing golf in the desert for those 40 years. They were learning Torah. Because they didn't have to work. They had the man. And who would set up the benches when the Jews would sit around Moshe to listen to his Torah. Torah Sivalanu Moshe morashak Keilat Yaakov when Moshe was instructing the Jews. It was none other than Yoshua. Now the question is why is he not called yoshua Ben-Nun? What is he called Bin-Nun? Ben nun has two dots. Bin-Nun and it says that Moshe, most people have one father, but since Yahushua was so cl- close to Moshe Rabenu, that's why it says Yoshua bin Nun, because it really had two fathers. Nun was his only physical father, but he had another spiritual father, which he was very, very close with, that was none other than Moshe. Now, we have to know that nobody in the world, when Moshe died, was as depressed as Yehoshua. Because imagine, he was with him 24-7. But God, in the uh, continuing on in Navi, He tells in passage 7, that Yehoshua needs to be strong. He says, Rach chazak VeEmatz me'od. Be very strong to keep the Torah. And God here, the Midrash says, promises Yahushua two things. He says, don't think I'm going to abandon you. The same way I was with Moshe, I'm going to be with you. Just like I split the Red Sea. For Moshe, I'm going to split the Jordan River for you. Just like Moshe lived to 120, you also are going to live to 120. 120. Now unfortunately, we're going to learn in the end of the book of Joshua, Yehoshua, that he made some mistakes. Just like Yaakov Avinu was supposed to live 180 years like his father Yitzchak, or at least 175 years like Abram. Yaakov Avinu did some sins. He complained he was ungrateful for his difficult life, and God subtracted 33 years of his life. Yehoshua also made some big fat mistakes And instead of living 120 years, I believe he got, he lived like his great-great-grandfather, Yosef, 110 years only. But, in the end of the day, Yahushua did, okay, so, um, Elliot is asking me, what happened to Kalev, after, yeah, I'm going to be done in five minutes, by the time you see. So, it says that what? Okay, it says what happened to Kalev after the incident with the spies? What happened after that? Very good question, Elliot. The the answer is like this: Kalev ben Yefune, he inherited the city of Hevron, and since the Jews basically stabbed, because you have to understand, the ramification is about saying lashon hara about. The Holy Land is. They essentially said lashon about God. So Kalev ben Yefuna went on. He was he and Yehoshua were the only men from the people that came out of Egypt that were able to enter the land of Israel, besides the Kohanim, because obviously the Kohanim and Levim did not participate in the lashon either. But Kalev basically got the crown jewel of Israel at the time, Hebron where Avram and Yitzchak, his forefathers, uh, Avram, Yitzchak, Sarah, Rivka, and Rachel were buried. Kabbalistically, it was a tragedy though. He could have been our Mashiach ben David. What a glorious Mashiach he would have been. His brother-in-law was Moshe, his wife was Miriam, let's not forget. And, you know, that's what ended up happening to Kalev ben Yefune. Now, Yeshua ended up being the leader of the Jews for 28 years. He was able to conquer the land of Israel. And I just want to read you, we're going to finish here. We're going to read the last two psukim. We're going to get to Pasuk Yud. God tells Yoshua that I'm is going to help you only on one condition. And that is that you have to be totally faithful to the Torah. And actually it says Me'od. You have to be extremely meticulous to keep the Torah like Moshe did. If you don't deviate left or right from that, it says in passage 7, I'm going to make you successful in everything and anything you do. And one of my favorite, favorite psukim that we say right before Musaf on Shabbat is, God tells Yoshua, I beg you. Look this up. It's in Yoshua Pasuk, chapter Aleph, parak 8, uh, passage 8. It says the words of the Torah should not come out of your mouth. You should learn it day and night. You should be engrossed in Torah. So it's only when you learn Torah day and night are you going to be able to be successful and be able to carry it out appropriately. And then you're going to be... And God promises Yahushua. He says, Yahushua, even though there's 31 kings, which was much, much more than Moshe Rabbeinu had to deal with, he says, you don't need to fear them. Because if you are totally devoted to the Torah, then you have nothing to fear. Now the Midrash says, why did God keep on having to tell you, this lesson of don't forsake the Torah. Because Yeshua had a big, big, big mission ahead of him. He had to conquer 31 different state, city-states. And he was a general. And there's always the excuse that you get exhausted from war. But just like Moshe Rabbeinu had the job of teaching the Jews Torah day and night, Yeshua had that same mandate. So God is telling Yeshua there's no excuses here. Even... If you're in war, the Torah is like air. The Torah is like your bread and butter. The Torah is like water. And therefore, just like you can't have one day of your life, that you, you, could, you could be excused not to learn. Can you say, oh, I forgot to eat today, I forgot to drink, I forgot to breathe? God was telling Yoshua, it's important, you have to do the wars. But we're going to learn, I think next week hopefully, one day he they were in the war of Jericho, Yericho. They didn't learn Torah for one day. God sent an angel to try to kill Yoshua with a fiery so- sword. And yoshua said, God, are you mad at me because I didn't bring the korban tamid? He said, no, atabati, you can't bring korban at night. The reason I'm frustrated with you is because you didn't give your Torah class tonight. The entire nation of Israel is on your shoulders. You just, you were tired from war, you didn't give your Torah shir tonight. Then he said, Yeshua tells the angel of God, don't kill me with your fiery sword. I, uh, I will do teshubah. So I, if you allow me, I wanted to just bring out this idea very clearly. In the Shulchan Aruch, it talks about the laws of Talmud Torah. It says like this. It says that, if you want to look it up, it's Pasuk. In the Shulchan Aruch, it's chapter 400, 246 Resh Memvav, it says in Halacha 18, in the Shulchan Aruch. Talmud Torah... Shakul keneget Kolam Spot. Maran brings from the lashon of the Rambam. Learning Torah is equal to doing all the other mitzvahs of the Torah. Hayal lefanav mitzvah v'Talmud Torahim eveshah lemitzvah la'asot lo yasig milimudu. Let's say you're you like I, I I I love it. King David, for example, had seven brothers. So let's say. You have the opportunity to learn Torah, or somebody else can go help out your father run an errand. Which one should you do? You shouldn't. You shouldn't stop learning. The Shulchan Aruch says the Imlav, But let's say, of course, if your father and mother needs you to get them their food or their lunch, you have to serve them. There's nobody else. But look what the Torah says. The, the Halacha says, Do the mitzvah, v'yachsir le-torato. Rav Elchanan Wasserman, the Chavetz Chaim's student, explains this so eloquently. What God was telling Yahushua, lo yamush sefer Atorami Zemi Picha, Which means what? The classical sense of a Jew, and Rav Shimon Bar Yochai says this in the Zohar also, is... Our mission is to study Torah as much as Torah as possible. And that's why when we die, the Gimar Bava Batra says, Ash Misha Bala Kanga tal It's lucky is the person that comes to heaven and he remembers all the learning. Now, if you need to work, no money, no honey, if you don't have any food to eat, you're gonna die. Of course, you don't have to learn then. But even when you do a mitzvah to go help your parents, the shulukh is very clear. It says, go back to your learning. Because basically the way to understand it is, is that 24-7 as long as we're awake and we don't have an excuse, we should be sitting in front of the gemara or the halach and learning. Now if you have to go do a mitzvah and help your parents or go work, fine. Or go relax, exercise, which is... Another place where Tanakh we say me'od. It says, meod, me'od Like it's the coronavirus now, we have to we have to be very careful when we reopen our synagogues. And people that are sick need to be very careful. But the bottom line here is that God is teaching us this golden lesson and we mention it every Shabbat before we dive in Musaf, that God tells you, Yeshua, you have no excuse ever not to learn it a single day. Even if you wage the most important and glorious war, After you do the war, come back to the Gemara, come back to the Torah. And that's really the halacha, that whenever we stop our learning because we have to do a mitzvah, our main, main goal in life, the place that we really belong is in front of the Torah. Anything else is just a uh, deviation, even doing a mitzvah. Okay, everybody, thank you for joining us. God willing, we'll be back in business um, next uh, Monday night, Blineder. And have a wonderful night. Koltouf.